Welcome back to another episode of the Shim Boners podcast. So the game against the Saints has just finished. So we're straight on to the pod to give our raw feelings about what we've just seen. But before we get there, Chief, welcome back and thanks for coming on again and being a loyal participant of the Shim Boners podcast. No, it's great to be part of the podcast and yeah, raw emotions. I've got a, a few players who have cemented their spot for round one and a couple of probably cemented their spot in the VFL. Yeah, I think I have a fair idea who those are, but before we get there, thanks everyone for your positive feedback on the Emma Carney interview. What a great football mind she was, awesome to chat with, very open and honest as well, which we love. Yeah, what a get to have her on. I mean, she's just the GOAT, isn't she? She She's number one, she's clubhouse leader, GOAT AFLW. And I think the only one closing her down also plays for the Shimbo. Yeah, big jamming, Jazzy Garner. Yeah. Won't be too far away, well, I, I reckon. But Emma's the clubhouse leader at this stage. She's done it all. So if you haven't listened to that interview, absolutely recommend giving it a listen, even if you don't follow the AFLW, because she works as the development coach, one of the development coaches with our men's side. So some good insight into Clarko's genius brain and the nickname groovy and all sorts so definitely recommend checking that one out if you have not yeah and spoke about a couple of young players to keep an eye on who aren't quite in the afl team yet but are pushing their case yeah one being cooper who we unfortunately didn't see he was named in the extended team today and i was hoping we get to see a bit of coop but he'll be playing right now as we speak with the vfl side featuring a lot of our afl stars but before we get to that um don't forget to join the tipping competition we're Five days out from the season beginning, so join in and see if you can beat the big chief and myself in the tipping. You'll definitely beat me. I'm not much chop at the old tipping. I try to pick too many upsets, but as I've said before, the winner will receive a free Shimboners podcast cap and sticker, as well as the option to have a, a frothy with a big chieftain. If you should chow, choose to. I don't personally. I don't rate him as a bloke, but <laughs> that's harsh. No, I taught you everything you know. No, I that's sad. That's must be why I'm as messed up North Melbourne fan, sitting through years and years of pain recently. Yeah, you're in the bloodline. Yeah, but it's all right. The good times are ahead. Um, so let's start with our biggest takeaway of the game. I'll I'll begin. My number one takeaway is. Big game, Zane will play round one. Really good performance from Zane Dersma today. Yeah, he joined the famous club of uh, first kick in a practice match, first goal in a practice match. So <laughs> I don't know how many are in that one, but if it was round one, they'd be all over those stats. But it's a practice match. But yeah, he looked good. A uh, couple of times I thought maybe he was uh, defensively out of position. It's hard, obviously, when you're watching just on the small screen of the TV, the small 85-incher you've got down your <laughs> North Melbourne man cave. But but I think he's a lock for round one now. I'll go out there and say that. As he took some really good marks, didn't he? He looked clean. He coupled they didn't pay him as well. Yeah. Could have kicked a handful at the end of the day. He had that shot on the siren that he unfortunately absolutely shanked. But came in from the side of packs. It, was, it reminded me of Mason Wood. Obviously, he'll be a lot better player than Mason, hopefully. But just the way he sort of floated in from the side. Even Jared Waite from the past that sort of did the same. Which would be hand- helpful if we've got Larky often draws a crowd. If he can float in in front and be a dynamic player that can... He's got a great set of hands and a great leap. So he's definitely shown enough for me to start and play for a lot, a lot, quite a lot of games this year. 
Yeah, I agree. What about yourself, Big Chief? What's your number one takeaway from the game today? Uh, Webster's dog act on Jai and he's minimum six weeks. Minimum six weeks. That was horrific. I called it as soon as it happened. I said, that's six weeks. If uh, the Port Adelaide bloke, Pal Pepper, got four, that has to be six. Yeah, and John Ralph on the coverage, for those that didn't watch the game, said that he expects it to be six and he's usually fairly on the money with in terms of suspensions and the lengths. But an absolute dog act. He jumped, jumped off the ground. There was no play for the ball. He was purely just trying to hurt Jai, and he's going to have a fair holiday at the start of the season as he ended up concussing Jai, and Jai didn't play again for the rest of the game. And hopefully he's right for round one, but for that we'll have to wait and see. But horrible act and, yeah, weak as piss from Jimmy Webster, who we have usually a big fan of because he's a Tassie boy and... Usually he's usually pretty tough, but yeah, that was a weakest piss moment from him, and one he'll definitely wish he had back. Yeah, and I've watched the footy since obviously the late seventies, and you know, get away whether that was run of the mill then, it was probably only barely a free kick back then, and then you know, the only thing he didn't do was raise the elbow and smash him. You know, that was the only thing he didn't do. Everything else he did was absolute stock standard. What you're not meant to do. He left the ground, he got him high, he was in a vulnerable position, there was no need for it. And I think he will pay a heavy price, he certainly should. And Jai, I think, because of his history of concussions, may be in doubt for round one, because even though he'll have the 12-day break, they may be conservative with it. Hopefully he doesn't have this ongoing symptoms. We saw what happened to CCJ last year, where he missed... A lot, because he just couldn't get over well, the I'll tell you concussion. what, some of the uh, attempts at marking, I think he still might have had a few symptoms the way he had some horror moments that he would like back CCJ of just not being able to take chesties. But, yeah, just back on Jai quickly, our man Fredo, stats man, he's uh, put in just, just before that, apparently that's three concussions since June for Jai, so... The club will definitely be taking the cautious approach, I reckon, if there's any sort of symptoms. Yeah. Well, back on to your actual question, was the take biggest takeaway from the well, game? Football-wise, it was North Ball is real, isn't it? They're trying to move it. The Goda was really good in the back line. Fisher, Harry Sheasel, it was really good, aggressive ball movement. They tried. Um, and, yeah, I think it's going to take us a long way. Obviously, we didn't get the win, but... Uh, if you take out the second quarter, we probably the better team but just that one quarter with them kicking with the wind they just absolutely smashed us but well I think in fairness they had a lot more shots than us too so I think it was probably a fair result maybe even flattered us a little because they did kick a lot of points but I think the first quarter we had you know a lot of ball but the connection with the forwards wasn't quite there so just for those who didn't see the end score was 11-18 St Kilda 84 Defeated North 10-5-65. So a 19-point loss. The goal scorers for us, we had three to Larky, two to my man Cam, two to Dersma, one to CCJ, one to Steve-O, one to the formerly mentioned Josh Goder, who had an outstanding game. So who were some of the players that impressed you today, Chieftain? Well, Big X again carried on. He was up against a quality ruckman and beat him. Uh, he followed His follow-up work was good. Did uh, little handballs to the runners. It was pretty good. They used him as a bit of a link a few times through the midfield, which I know you were gasping when it happened, but he, we got away with it, didn't we? He fired the handball out. 
to the runners. So they were, uh, he was very good, I thought. Yeah, uh, just we'll just touch on some of the things that were concerning. He gave away a lot of free kicks. He gave away a lot and he received a lot. And I think that's a ruck roulette. Yeah, and there the was umpires. yeah. Quite often, they neither ruckman know who the free was, and there was his tap work was pretty good. But in terms of hitouts that advantaged us, there wasn't many. I don't know whether you blame that on Cherry or the midfielders, but the cohesiveness was not quite there. But to be fair, they haven't played a lot of football together. What do you think? Well, I think that? Cherry one got his hands to the ball a lot and dropped it in a at his feet, like in close, and they beat us to the ball. So whether they were a strong, we were a young midfield, whether they were able to hold us out and then get to the drop, but I wouldn't be blaming him. It's either, what's he meant to do? Is he meant to smash it out wide and get the runners involved? I think, let's wind the clock back. If we had Ben Cunnington prime, he'd have got his hands to it, held him out and fired the handball out. We didn't seem to have that player who could do that. Whether that was because they couldn't get there, that was also a game plan. Or is it the with, game plan? With like, Cunnington, though, to yes. keep it in tight because he was our best ball winner and best distributor out of a stoppage. Yeah, well, I think Cherry did that. He got it down there, but we didn't either. The other the midfielders weren't switched on as who was meant to get to that drop or they were just beaten to it by their opponent. But I think if that was the game plan, Cherry executed and the midfielders didn't. Now, we had a fairly small midfield. LDU was below his bet. Uh, so was Wardlaw, Lazaro's very light and easily pushed off the ball in those situations. Uh, who else? Phillips, when he came on, wasn't great. Power. Power. So maybe we just didn't have the body type of a mature Ben Cunnington type to get there. But I think that was probably the plan, but we just didn't execute. Or Cherry, I, in my opinion, he did his part. He put it He put it there for someone to get, but just unfortunately more often than not it was the St Kilda players who were probably bigger bodied at this stage. Yeah, well, a big positive for me was, and not surprisingly, Harry Sheasel. 32 disposals off half-back. And the biggest underrated factor of his game is just his little toe pokes and just how clever he is. Just positional change, uh, direction change, sorry, with to, to get his foot into the ball just little toe pokes to keep the ball going or to just nudge it away from an opponent. We saw last year he saved us the game against the Dockers by just being switched on and just dribbling it to the boundary um, rather than conceding the point and having a draw. But he's just an amazing player. And it's staggering that he's 19 and I'm fantastic by the club to sign him up till 2030. Go 2035 nearly, he's that bloody good. Yeah. But... The question I've got, which I believe in this statement, I want to get your thoughts. I think he may have overtaken LDU as the best player at the club. What are your thoughts on that? On current form, yes, I agree. I suppose Nick Larkey probably has a fair... Oh, well, yeah, he's a different type, isn't he? Yeah. So Larkey's got a fair case to put forward. And are we worried about LDU? A couple of below-par performances in the two hitouts, or are we just waiting to round one to get the Ferrari out of the garage and really hit fourth or fifth gear? Uh, I'm not worried, but I would have liked to see him play better today. But, you know, we'll we'll see what he does round one. He was coming up against the Orange Tsunami round one. They've got a fairly good midfield, experienced midfield. I mean, maybe having the younger blokes in there, he's just, you know, like you said before with the cherry hits, maybe they're just still working out who does what and when. Yeah, and a moment in the first quarter that really impressed me from a man who had a quiet 
game was Paul Curtis, the way he was just able to extract the ball and get it going forward in a one-on-two or one-on-three situation and resulted in a goal for us. And he's been really good at that this preseason. He had a very quiet game today. Can't quite blame him 100% as the ball didn't get in there a lot. But his main focus today, he was wrestling everybody. Wanted to take everyone on. Yeah, at one stage he had he wrestled two and they were both lying flat on the floor and he was the last man standing, so we like that. He thought it was a Royal Rumble, yeah. throwing everyone over. Yep. But yeah, it wasn't a great day for him or obviously a tough day. They spoke about the wind being very strong and not a great day for forwards probably. Yeah, another really, really positive performance I want to touch on, particularly early, was Zach Fisher. He's... Just ability to... He just goes. He doesn't worry about it. Just goes, backs his pace, backs his ability. He had 34 disposals. Really good contributor today. And taking a lot of the kick-ins as well probably helped his stats because St Kilda kicked a lot of behinds. But I was really impressed. What did you think of Fisher today? Yeah, I thought he was good. He's an upgrade on what we had in previous seasons. So we've got the three main runners out of there. Bailey Scott was back in the back line a lot too for the fourth. But he probably had a... Well, you could tell it was his first hit out against opposition. He was a bit fumbly a couple of times. And yeah, it wasn't his greatest game. wasn't his greatest game, but we know he's a lock. And in that first quarter also, the forward 50 entries were sub substandard. They were a lot of the previous years just bombing it long and not hitting up the targets. But it did generally get better as the game went on. But that was also a concerning factor early. Yeah, we had a lot of possession, but we didn't really get the breakaway on the scoreboard like we saw the Saints do in the second quarter when they had the wind. So there's room for improvement there. Yeah, and Clarko, the big angry Clarko back, according to Ben Dixon after the game, apparently stormed on after what had happened to Jai and was offering a few glares, which is like, oh, I don't mind angry Clarko. No, we'd like to see angry Clarko, but not because of our mistakes. But, yeah, he's sicking up for, obviously, his captain and fired the team up, and they certainly fired up. There was lots of breakout wrestles and pushing and melees, little melees around the ground. The AFL will be rubbing their hands together, I reckon. Cha-ching. Cha-ching. There'll be a few, few fines, no doubt, in the coming days for a few players. But, yeah, we're going to go quarter by quarter, so we'll... Just touch on one more thing in the first quarter. Just the back line looked very, very shaky early. Outmarked, inability to impact contests. And out of the three, none of them really stood up and were all had their poor moments in the first quarter, I thought. The three being Pink, Nuon and Cal Dawson. Yeah, all, all, it's going to be our worry all year, isn't it? I think every North supporter knows that. But I was just thinking, let's get Chom back. And let's get Core back. And let's get Elmac back. There's a bit of stability down there. But we'll talk about the back line later and who we think may have cemented their spot after this game. Yeah, but it's important to note that those three were missing. Oh, Joey Montagna was too busy bloody pleasuring himself over St Kilda <laughs> to talk about the fact that we were missing all the experience in our back line, being Core and McDonald and... He did mention Chom at one point, but he's going to be really exciting because Pink's only 194, Dawson's roughly the same. It's hard to match up on a, a 202, 203 Max King, whereas Chom will be the man, to, I believe, to take on that sort of real tall, a- athletic forward. 
Yeah, well, King's a good player, obviously, and he's got the height. So a couple of times it was his just natural ability and the extra height he had over, like someone like a pink who got him the mark. But yeah, Chom will certainly bring the height and hopefully the, the talent as well. I'm looking forward to him playing back. Yeah, me too, absolutely. So we'll move on to some points from the second quarter. Not a great quarter for us. So Kilda dominated, put the score on the board, and we were only able to register one goal through big game Zane. Uh, but Goda looked really good off halfback. That was the best game I've seen him play. Uh, he was really solid defensively, generating good ball use and a bit of run and carry out of the back line. Really happy. I think he cemented himself round one. I think he'd already sort of put his foot in the door, but he absolutely plays round one for mine after that performance. Yeah, I totally agree. He probably was preferred, but now he's, yeah, like you said, locked himself in there for round one. Uh, Zane, you mentioned, had good aerial impact. Uh, Dawson had some strong marks, some good moments, and probably, or definitely put for mine, put himself as the number one of the three we just mentioned uh, to maybe play round one. Yeah, I, I agree. He's leading the race at the moment. Pink had some good moments in the second half, but I think Cow Dawson probably had the better four-quarter effort today. Yeah, and his ball use was okay. Like he's he's not going to be he's not your run and carry type, but he's he's solid enough. He's he, he can bring it forward. He's not just a sideways. That's the other thing. We didn't kick it sideways at all. I don't think. I think it was maybe in the last quarter we might have done a couple of back and around. Like, only like two. We used to live off all, all the time, but. Most of them it was just attacking, run, handball. Attack. I think there was only two moments where we went back inside 50 for the whole game. Yeah. Kick backwards. So definitely a change in game plan. And North Ball, as North it's been Ball. fantastically termed, is definitely here and here to stay. Um, some negatives. CCJ was absolutely horrid. He was horrid. He was absolutely putrid. Yeah, dropping easy chesties. Just looked like a. He just looked lost. Oh, he, he did, and we're not here to bag our own. But really, CJ, you're going to have to go to the VFL and get some form because you did look out of sorts. And we've mentioned the wind, and it's not great for a big guy who probably relies on his marking. Not that we've ever really seen it, but he dropped uncontested marks, and we can't have that. No, I mean, we just can't have that. Sorry, CJ. And I think the other... Hang on, before, just one more thing on CJ. He can't play round one. No, he's not in mine. I mean, hopefully they all get through the VFL scratch match and we'll bring in a Greenwood or someone like that to play that taller forward second ruckman. I'd even give Sellers a go. Yeah, if, see if, how he if goes. If they don't yeah. want to go with Greenwood. I think they've just got to have someone who can do 10, 15 minutes of rucking for the game. So... Can Sellers do that? Or oh, he probably can. He's only well, he's one ninety three, same as Greenwood. So, but Greenwood's obviously more a senior player, and when the ball hits the ground, he's that extra midfielder. So, I'm probably looking at Greenwood, depending on depending on how he goes you know, today. Yeah, all options are better than CCJ at the moment. He had a, he had, he had a couple of okay moments, but we look at them as good rather than okay because of how bad the bad is. Like he kicked that goal from the middle. Massive goal. Which massive, is, won the ruck, threw it on his boot. That's fantastic. Bounced through, but that's... That's not going to happen again. No, that's just... I mean, good play and good luck, but we're more concerned about his couple of drop chest marks, and which were pretty much uncontested. There was one where we were coming out of the back line, hit him up, half-back flank, defensive side of the wing... Should have taken the mark and just fluffed it. 
And so you can't can't be doing that at AFL level because it's just a goal the other way. Yeah, it was really poor. But I want him to do well. We're not here to bag anyone, but unfortunately we will call it when we see it. That's what we're about. Yeah, we can't just be all Brendan Boltons and how hey, good's no. footy and <laughs> we're going to win the flag, the lid's off. Yeah, no. There are going to be times when there's players not performing and as as you said, Chieftain, we're not here to try and bag them too much, but we've also got to be realistic about poor performances and that's what we saw today from CCJ. So hopefully he can go back to the twos and get some confidence and kick some bags because it's not doing him any, any favours at the moment, not doing anything no. in the ones. So. No, his confidence would be fairly low, I'd imagine. Well, you can see, you can see it from the way he plays. Mm. He's got no one on him and he's dropping it. He's fumbly any time he gets it. He did apply one or two good tackles forward 50 yes. for, a, for a big guy. One, when he's on, two, one on two and he locked the ball in. and prob- Probably unlucky not to get a free kick, but... But he's got to be doing more than that to be playing AFL footy, yeah. especially now our side, there's a lot more competition for spots. So that's definitely something. Yeah, that's a good thing. Like, you play like that, you don't make the AFL team. You go back to the VFL. Another one was Lazaro in that quarter. Missed a lot of handballs under not a lot of pressure. Like, we can't afford that either. He did improve as the game went on, but that quarter... We both noted his poor handballing skills, and once again, poor handballs through the midfield. You probably get you're going to turn it over, and it's going to bite it. Yeah, because well, everyone's running forward, running off, trying to create space and play north ball. Well, if it turns over through unforced error, you're going to be burnt. Yeah, which had, was what happened in this. He quarter. had the power, the likes of Powell and Sheasel breaking, and just handballs too high or over the head. And as you as you mentioned, he did have a much better second half but yeah it was noticeable because I think there was two or three in the space of five minutes where it just really burnt us as we were trying to break away and run the ball into the heavy wind that was and that just sort of cost us but yeah that's it it's also that when you play that type of game you are going to turn the ball over but it's those turnovers when you're not under pressure that really kill you it's the unforced errors the not up to AFL standard turnovers, that's what I'll call them. There's going to be turnovers when you run and gun and you take off really hard kicks, but the couple we're talking about with Charlie were not under a lot of pressure and you'd expect the standard to be there. So, move on to some notes from the second half. Uh, the quick handballs were elite. They really just, and it was even mentioned by commentary, they're just giving it straight away and taking the game on. It was awesome to watch. I'm happy to lose some games by taking it on than trying to be safe and having 15, 20-point losses Absolutely. like the last few years where it's just been chip, kick, long down the line and hope. But this is really exciting. It's the first time as a North supporter since probably the, when we are making finals in 14, 15, 16 that watching us play is really, really exciting. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to hurt some teams with our North ball, quick handball attack. I noticed in the forward line too, there were lots of give handballs, whereas I think in previous years they either weren't skillful skillful enough or they, they thought about it and then got, wanted to give it, whereas now it's instinctive. Bang, bang, bang. And it's going to uh, create lots of scoring opportunities for us. So, yeah, we both loved, noticed that and loved it. Another noticeable thing and massive improvement is in previous years we've had solid to good players coming from the half-back line this season... It's just incredible. Fisher, 
elite speed, really good ball use. She's elite at everything. Yes. Colby McKercher had a quieter day today, Colby, but when he did get it, he looked really, really good. He had one poor turnover, but... How aggressive was it, though? Oh. If it comes off, it's probably should be a goal for us. You don't mind that. He's obviously been given a license to take it yeah. on because nine nine times out of ten, he makes a, a insanely good kick. So we can forgive the turnover and the fact that he's only 18. But his defensive work is also really good. Yeah, underrated, isn't it? Like for someone who's been a midfielder his whole career up until, what, three months ago yeah. when Clarko said it gave him the keys to the back line. And when you go through under-18s and you're as dominant as he is, you Probably not that fussed about playing. No, you, you're just... probably getting the ball. You're not having to worry too much about defending. So, absolute credit to him for his defensive craft, which which really surprised me. I was pretty happy with that. Yeah, him and the coaches. You've got to give the coaches some credit. Obviously, most of it goes to him, but the coaches have obviously uh, taught him what to do and where to position himself and how to defend. But I think he's he's still a lock. We talked about. Big game zone playing round one. Obviously, uh, Colby's still a lock to play and play every game as long as he stays fit. Well, this isn't our round one prediction to, uh, pod, is it? But there's probably how many positions off the top of my head? Probably four, four or five up for grabs from the team today. I mean, obviously, Chong coming back, Elmac being available, Core coming back. Who well, else is there? Elmac, you... Elmac being available, so you don't have him coming straight back in. No, I mean being available. Oh, yeah, coming back, being available to come back, being up for selection is what I'm saying. Uh, Jai under cloud now, unfortunately. CCJ's second tall forward spot. Oh, that's definitely up for... Well, that's open. That's not even up for grabs. That's open. I think, as we mentioned, CCJ's out, but we've spoken enough about him. I didn't end up finishing my thoughts on the halfback also. Josh Goder as well, who's taken a massive step. yes. And, and, a, and a right footer, so we've got him and Harry on the right. Yeah, and... coming into the season, there was 50-50 between him and Miller Bergman. And if you look at the uh, 23s from episode four, I think it was, I had Goda, you had Bergman. He's massively distanced himself from uh, Miller Bergman in the last couple of weeks. So we're obviously Bergman playing twos today, but Goda's really, really taken a, those steps in this preseason. Yeah, well, if you're having a crack at me, I did say it was splitting hairs who, if you want to re-listen to your own podcast, I said it was splitting hairs and obviously it fell in Bergman's favour for me, but now, yeah, Goaty's got it now. That is a very easy way of just deflecting from the fact that you were wrong, but <laughs> one one for Baz, zero for the big chief. But um, third quarter, Scott had a really poor moment, which absolutely drives you nuts and it's happened too much for us as a side lately larky took a nice mark or got a free kick i can't remember which one 10 meters out certain goal would have been his first goal for the game too yeah it was a certain goal for him and scott bumps into windsor who tried to they're not windsor wilson sorry they're both wingers for first year players windsor obviously for melbourne but wilson thought he was boomer harvey take you on in the mark, and oh, Scott got him, and then yes, that was obviously went up and reminded him, but time and place, time oh, place. Do it after he's kicked the damn goal. It annoys me. As soon as you go into the leadership group, you seem to make stupid giveaway 50s or take goal, certain goals off. As we saw Jai and Silver do it last year. Yeah, well, Jai sent someone's GPS into the 10th well, row. Yeah, he yeah. threw it away. and oh, I can't remember what Sylv did, but he did something stupid and silly that cost us a goal. 
And we, we're not a team that can afford to give goals away like that. Anyway, hopefully it's only a practice match, and if that's his one error, hopefully they all learn from it, but particularly him. Yes, so the third quarter, we played really well, got back into the contest, and I know speaking to you, watching it live, as we entered the fourth, we were just thinking, don't have a repeat of the second quarter. Going, secured had the wind in the last quarter, just fight it out and keep it respectable. And they did pretty well going into the wind in the last quarter. We had a chance to hit the front when someone dropped a chess mark <laughs> in the forward pocket. Now, we know who it was. It was CCJ, dropped a chess mark. If you're going to be the second tall forward, you've got to hold chess marks. Now, Sylv even dropped a couple of chess marks. I thought it was Sylv 2017 there for a while, early in the game, but he came back and, what, did he kick three? Yeah, he ended up with three. I mean, he's 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 a gun, Sylv, so we're not bagging him. But, yeah, it's just disappointing. Would I think it would have... Were we three up at that stage? We could have gone going half up and, yeah, still plenty of time, but... We need victories. We saw against Collingwood last week what it meant, you know, getting a win for not just us but the players and everyone about. And, and the fans too. Well, we haven't, we well, haven't seen many no, for a long time. No, when I time. say us, I mean the fans. I don't mean just you and me, but, yeah. It means a lot. It builds confidence in the team. So I think we can take a lot out of this game. It's disappointing we lost, but if we look at the scoring shots, again, they they did it fairly comfortably, didn't they? Yes. And most of that was due to the second quarter dominance they had. So one bad quarter, fix that up. That's the story last year. Mm. We had one quarter where it'd be seven goals to one and we're blown away or out of the game completely. Yes. But a couple of years before that, under the dark days, it was three bad quarters. <laughs> it was one quarter where we kicked three goals yeah. and thought, here we go, we're on. <laughs> so we are improving. We're still taking steps forward. I think today was still a step forward. Oh, absolutely. And at the end of the day, it is still pre-season. Yeah. So we're not going to throw the baby out of the bathwater or call ourselves flag favourites. But at the end of the day, you're out there against opposition. You've got to produce. And they played pretty well. I was left feeling pretty happy. Yep. And eager for round one. So let's talk about a few. We won't talk about every player. We'll talk about a few that we haven't mentioned. So Dill Stevens played pretty well off the wing today. What were your thoughts on him? Yeah, pretty well. He, I think he was one in the first quarter. His ball use probably wasn't up to the standard I was hoping. But he played a solid game and, yeah, he's in round one. What impressed me with him was his defensive running, getting out the back and helping the defenders, which is going to be important with an inexperienced and potentially the biggest weakness we have. Well, not potentially, it is the biggest weakness we have, is our key backs. So... Him getting back and supporting them was really good to see with outlet kicks okay. to the forwards. Um, Biggie Nguyen. Oh, hang on. I'm back on the deal. He was, he was the everywhere man, wasn't he? he I, I can't wait to see him live to see how hard he's, he works, what his work rate like, is like. Because it's hard to tell on TV, but he did bob up everywhere on our screen. So he obviously works really hard and gets to the right positions. Yeah, well, he dominated in the pre-season running as well. So... I would suggest that, yes, you are on the money that he was working his ass off. Anyone who was there, let us know. Yep, and anyone who's still there watching the VFL, let us know, because we can't watch that on any platforms, I don't think, can we? So it would be nice to get an update on who played well and who didn't play well. Yeah, exactly right. So Biggie Nguyen, my biggest takeaway is, why is he taking the kick-ins? 
There was a couple of times. We've got four good halfback elite users. Why is he taking the kick-ins? He makes me very nervous ball in hand because one, he's, a, he's a, not a one-touch player. A ball on the ground, he seems to be a two-touch player. And then he seems to panic a bit and gets boxed in in that back pocket and gets caught. And, yeah, he's got a bit of work to do on his on his touch, I think. Yeah, and I think out of the three today, he was the he's, one who impressed me the least. He's gone to the bottom of the pecking order of those three. He's number three. I think Toby Pink's number two. And as we mentioned, I think, Callan Dawson's number one will probably play round one at this stage for me. Yeah, and for mine, Pink's closer to Dawson than he is to Nuon. I think it goes Dawson, Pink, and then a bit of a gap to Biggie. But with development, I think he could still be good. He seems to read the ball all right, but yeah, his one touch and his ball use wasn't yeah, fantastic. a couple of times out in his own, who's obviously last man in the chain, he'd have a kick, he'd be 10 metres clear and he'd just double touch it and he'd, he'd, we'd still get rid of it, but you know it's going to burn if he keeps double touching it. And when, especially when you're clear, there's no pressure. You well, there is pressure coming at you, but it's not, you're not under the immediate heat of being tackled. You've got time, and he just seemed to spend a bit, half that time picking the ball up. Yeah, you had a fantastic comparison during the game to Sam Durden. He was very, very nervous to watch any time the ball was on the ground. And still on the Carlton list, but... Yeah, Sam, I remember a few times down at Blundstone. <laughs> no, so hang I'm... on, hang on. We've got to talk about this. You have mentioned Blundstone every episode, I reckon. You want to talk about me bringing up Kano... We chat out to Kano. You've you're trying to get a Blundstone sponsorship or something, eh? I'm still waiting. I almost called it Bell Reeve then, but I'm still, I'm giving them to what? Well, I might give them to our first home game at Blundstone. If anyone's got any contacts from Blundstone, tell them the big chief wants his size thirteen boots ASAP. Yes, and we're going off tangent, but talking about Kane, don't think it went unnoticed that you mentioned Kane. Last, not last podcast, that was Emma, the one before. You had a sneaky little reference to Kane, and I must have got distracted and forgot to mention it. Yeah, I slipped that one in past the keeper for the big chief. Yeah, I noticed it, but I didn't have time to comment. We must have moved on to something. But, yeah, you've mentioned Kane again now, so well done. Shout out to Kane. Yeah, I can't wait. If anyone's going to local footy, I can't remember where he's playing, country Victoria, please provide some footage of him smashing someone or kicking a goal. And we'll we'll watch it and replay it on the pod and get up and about because we love Kane Turner here. And it's not that sarcastic love. We I genuinely love him. I, I enjoyed watching him play. He was hard at it. But if, if everyone on the list tried and trained as hard as Kane, it would be a better list. Would be one would have won the last ten flags. But he's never gonna be a Harry Sheasel type, but he was he tried as hard as he got the most out of himself. And that's See how I bring in are. I bring you into big tangents about Kane. Just sneak it in, and then we end up talking yeah, about well, it. The for listeners five have probably turned off now. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. I reckon they turned off twenty five minutes ago. Oh, probably. We got rid of the last few holding on, thinking speak some sense. Yeah, well, we've come to the wrong place for that. Um, a couple that I want to talk. We'll put these two together because they are very similar. Will Phil and Tom Power. First of all, who do you think played? the better game, and what were your thoughts on them just in general, separately? Well, I think Tom Powell early was really good with his ball use and vision, what we've spoken a lot about. Wilfield came on, didn't seem to be able to get the ball, but a few times in the second half he got it and used it well with his kicking. So, But they're both subpar. I think they've got to, they've got to be better than that. 
I think our whole midfield was beaten or, or easily. Or except for big man. Big man X won his position. Well, he did. He did. But, but don't sigh. He, he won it. Can you say he won his position? He did. He Thank did. You. But I'm sorry. And who was he up against? Rowan Marshall. And how he? do they rate him? The top five, top three. Yeah. One of the two. So, tick X. That's yeah. all you got to say. Look, we're going to go hard at people, and we've done that on this pod today. We won't mention him again. <laughs> but we've got to give praise to people too. Yeah. I, for the listeners, I'm sighing because any time... He does something half good. I hear about it watching the game with the big Chiefs, so I'm I'm all cherried out. I've heard too much positives about Cherry. We want let's, to hear positives about our players. Yeah, let, we want the team to su- succeed. For that to happen, all our players have to succeed. I'm not a believer quite yet, but round one will be a huge test. He's got Kieran Briggs, who took the game by storm the second half of He'll last year. He'll smash him. I'll tell you right now. He'll smash him. Cherry will smash him. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, that's a bit of a hot take. You I'm, wanted to be spicy before. That's spicy. I'm clipping. I'm taking this clip. And I'm going to play that <laughs> after we lose to the Giants in round one oh. and, and Briggs has 800 hit outs. I'm going to play let's, that clip as, we, as the intro. Let's bring the mood down. No, we're still fairly positive. But, yeah, going back to the midfield, obviously Wardlaw. Why did they risk him playing four quarters? I don't know. But he was not his usual self. He had some moments, but only the 10 disposals. But... He had 12 tackles, and doesn't he love to tackle? He loves to put him into the ground, and we love him for it. But we were both screaming at the TV with about five or six minutes to go in the last quarter. Get him off. Exactly. Get him. Why risk the string popping? Get him or off. Or his ankle that he's rolled twice well, yes. in the last month. Get him off. But he got, well, apparently got through. There was nothing reported. The only injury reported for us was Jai. Yes. So hopefully they've all got a clean bill of health and he's got two weeks now to get his ankle cherry ripe and rip it up against the Giants. You're trying to throw an interesting cherry reference there, cherry ripe. No, it wasn't, but it clearly is in my subconscious. Yeah, I reckon you're going to have a photo of him on your wall, bedroom wall soon, I reckon. No, I don't I don't really fan fanboy anyone but, but other than the whole team. Righto, what... What are your main thoughts? We'll wrap it up soon, so anything else you need to add? North ball is real. That's it. North ball's real. We're going to take the game on. It's going to cause some hard ache, but there'll be a lot more pleasure seeing more goals being scored. And let's not forget today wasn't a great day for goal scoring because of the wind. So you're saying longer the days where we kick five goals for a game, six goals for a game. Yeah, they're gone. Yeah, but we might we're gonna leak some too, people. So we're gonna have to be patient, especially while we've you know we've got a very young midfield and we've got a even younger backline. So, but positive, we're gonna kick goals. Yeah, and whoever's at the VFL, also one more note, please, please provide an update on how the Shin Bonus Podcast man, the sausage, Braden George goes. Can't wait to see him play at some point this year. And unfortunately, we can't watch it because of KO couldn't. Well, I don't, why couldn't they just keep the stream going? I don't know. But well, half the commentators didn't even know the game was on afterwards. Yeah, so. They're obviously too worried about where they're going to have a beer. Yeah, but we're very keen to hear how the sausage goes. No doubt the club will put a little summary out, no doubt. But for our loyal listeners that are at the game, let us know how the sausage went and the rest of the boys were really keen to here with so many of our expected 22 players playing. Eddie Ford, another one we didn't mention. We're really keen to see how they go. So, yeah, if you could let us know, 
Um, that might do us for today. We don't need to go too much in details. It's only a practice match. The uh, official home and away reviews might go a touch longer, but we'll wrap that up for today, Chief. Yeah, short and sweet. And we've got a Q&A coming up too, haven't we? So get your questions in. Yeah, you've got to listen to Q&A coming up that will probably drop on Thursday. So send in your questions. There'll be a platform to do so on the socials, but you can always message the page and get your question in that way if you don't want to have to get on at the right time to see the story or the post. So, yeah, uh, please follow the podcast. It just helps get it out to more people, helps the analytics. I'm not I'm too in, unintelligent to uh, really understand what it means, but that's what I'm led to believe. If you can rate and leave a review, that'd be awesome. Get it out to the people. Let your mates know. Let your let the bloke down the street know who's just wearing a North Cap. Hey, give this a listen. But I uh, really appreciate it. The merch is now available. You can get a bumper sticker, six bucks, including shipping. Uh, and the hats are out. Nearly out of stock already. Wow. So if you, if you feel like a hat, jump on because there's not that many left. They're doing pretty well. So appreciate everyone who's purchased one and has joined us for this great ride as our great club jumps back up the ladder and the ultimate aim is to get that fifth piece of silverware. Absolutely, and I forgot. We've got an apology. What's the apology? We didn't make it to training. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we said we'd be at training and they cancelled training on us. Yeah, they didn't have... They had on the website, oh, the club will be training Monday, Wednesday, Friday each week during the... Um, during the pre-season and we've got to the airport oh we'll have a look what time training is because we're getting there early enough and no Wednesday fr- Friday was the only I think maybe Wednesday Thursday Friday they were training that week and well we'll flat about that we're very flat we're looking forward to going and uh, watching North Ball yeah more importantly meeting some of the the faithful listeners well if they wanted to meet us but yeah that would have been Fantastic, but yeah. So apologies to everyone, but we'll do our we'll do our final blink. We went over, of course, to see Blink One Eight Two for the fourth time, and we're on pole position. Yes, and if you haven't seen the socials, check it out on Facebook. I shared a photo of the big chief at the rail, and the girl next to you was very lucky that she wasn't a bit later on. Because she was eight years old, and there was no chance she was seeing over the big chief, let alone half the people, let alone eight-year-old. But fantastic to get it, eight, eight-year-old. She got the drumsticks. She, she got, got everything. The drumsticks. They couldn't believe she was there. Hopefully, she didn't understand any of their jokes because they're a bit filthy. Yeah. So just quickly, who's got the biggest strut, Tom DeLong or Cam Zerha? Ah, uh, Tom DeLong. Oh. He struts out like he runs the place, and he does. That's it's all about Tom. Yeah. And Blink, if you're a Blink fan, yeah, Tom's the number one man. You understand what we mean. If not, apologies. But, but you've got me on now. Eddie Ford, I reckon he'll have a bigger strut than Cam by the end of the season. There yeah, you that's yeah. I can see Eddie Eddie being a bit of a rock star. Well, two more things on Blink. What was their best song? Uh damn it. Oh, damn, you got an old school, damn it. Yeah, I got up and about about Anthem Part 3. Yeah. Even the start, Anthem Part 2, I love both the anthems. But damn, it's a a classic, but I wanted to go a bit more off-centre. And the last thing, who had the best Dukes? Who gets their Dukes out in front? Catches the guitar pick. The big chief, bang! 
People come from behind. You got to extend and straight in the hand, straight in the pocket. You're not getting this. Yeah, but the guitar picks are hard because you can't see them half the time. I know. As well. you did well. That to, made it hard. You did well to grab that. I will give you yeah. give you your flowers for that because that was very impressive. Well, that's good. that's going straight to the pool room. <laughs> All right, we'll wrap it up there. People are probably sick of us talking absolute nonsense. So, but yeah, once again. We really do appreciate all you guys listening. This podcast is doing a lot better than I thought it would. And we appreciate every single one of you. So thank you. Keep an eye on the socials. Q&A next week. Send them in if you like. Follow, review, rate. That's it for us. Go Roos. Good performance today. Can't wait for round one. Can the Kangas. All right, that's it for now. Stay safe and go the Roos. Good old North Melbourne. The champions you'll agree. North Melbourne is the team that plays to win for you and me.